rambling in Havana I took a little risk Send lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Alright, welcome everyone to the Matt Jones Podcast. I actually have no idea what episode this is because it's been a while since I've done one of these. As a matter of fact, this is episode 59 and uh, it's been a while since we did 58. The last one I did was previewing the football season with Jeff Pecoro and the election with Jonathan Martin. That's how long ago it is. But the reason was I was doing a TV show and I wanted to kind of get that launched. We'll talk more about that. But we are back. We're going to try to do two a week. I've got uh, the one today with our good friend Tony Vanetti. Thursday, Bomani Jones of ESPN, who has signed a new deal to get his own, I think, show there, which is exciting. He's going to come on Thursday evening. And uh, we'll just keep it going from there. And with that, let's just bring Tony in. How are you doing, my green-sweatered friend? We're doing fantastic. So you abandoned the podcast so because you've got to do your TV show. Well, here's the thing. All right, so let's so – you, you know, discarded I, the podcast like an ex-girlfriend. I didn't discard it. I'm back. Just like I bring back oh, ex-girlfriends. Right, that's exactly right. You're thinking, you know what? I kind of miss those podcasts. I don't really want – see, I don't like ex-girlfriends to dislike me. Right. I only have one ex-girlfriend <laughs> that I think really dislikes me. Yes. And it eats at me. Here's the thing. I normally would not believe you, but I think I believe you. Why I, wouldn't I, you believe I, me? I believe you. I am much better – On breakups? No, no. I'm just – I am good to women. <laughs> No, I am. Like you, you, like you've I'm seen. Me, no, I'm saying you've seen me in times in my life. You especially, where I haven't been the best of people, but it's never women. No, it's I, always dudes. I think you. I think you have. I think you're probably really, really charming when you want to be. Yeah. Yes, and and so when 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 I have a breakup, I don't want the other person to dislike me long term. So like I'm still. I've had the three. I've I've only had like three serious relationships. I mean, I've dated uh, many other people, mm-hmm. but three serious ones. One of them is still one of my really good friends. Right. One of them is the one you knew that yes. I dated during the show, who we are still friendly. She still listens every day. Right. And then one of them is a girl from law school who lives in Houston who hates me. But she cheated on me, so how can she hate right. me? Right, yeah. Well, that's how they do it. Now, so the, <laughs> the, the middle one, she still listens? No, no, that's the last one. The middle one was in law school. Okay. No, the, okay. There was the one in college so who is still a great though, friend of mine. Yeah. But if and she's married now. She's married. Right. Has two kids. I wonder. I don't know how I feel about if I'm the husband and she's I've wondered about that every single day. I've wondered about that. But you know what? I mean, he's got it. Like, like she she likes she clearly likes him. She's Do you married. No, she listens or she says, "Oh no, oh no." She'll I text me during day. the show. Oh, sometimes. Okay. All right. Okay. I have many women I've dated. That send me texts during the show about the things I'm saying. I'm as secure as they come as a man, but I'm not sure I would want my wife texting you during your show and listening to you every day. <laughs> Matter of fact, I can tell you right now definitively I would not allow I that literally can tell you three women that are married that that is, that is true of right now. <laughs> That do that. That do that. And I think their their husbands are fine. They're very secure people. Oh, They're not I like am you. Too. No way. They're not insecure. Yeah, All right. Okay. So anyway, so I, yeah. I I stopped doing this for yeah. a while. Because, you know, when when I took over this TV, when I took to do that TV show, it was a huge risk. Oh, my God, yeah. You didn't think I should do it, right? The TV show? Yeah. Uh, the risk versus the reward. That's how I ask uh, every single question. And it just seemed like you were risking a lot for a, may- a maybe. 
and a half hour TV show that I thought, okay, it's a half, half yeah, hour. but I mean, like, what was I risking? I mean, the the risk was just be to like ego. The risk, what like the radio show, I didn't. You I, were pissing everyone off. Yeah, but that's like, but you know that's what I your, do. I know, but it was like to a new level of. Well, like, here's the thing: I'm setting everything on fire to do a half hour TV show. Here, here if there's one thing you know about me so far, mm-hmm. it's that I'm going to do it my way, right? Yeah. Because then yeah. if I succeed or fail, I can look back and say, I did that my way. Because yes. I've had two failures in my sports professional career, mm-hmm. both of which I did not get to do it my way, the CBS sports thing right. and the KSTV thing. And I said, well, I'm never doing that again. Like, I'm not going to put myself in a position – where I want my success or failure to be because I got to do it the I way I want. I don't count the CBS Sports thing because you didn't try it. That uh, you were you weren't not that wasn't. I, I the KSTV is also that I will count that against you. But the first one, no, because you weren't. That was a side job, and you had a million things going on, and you sort of treated that as the extra job. Fair enough, but I mean, I but it did make it to where it was very difficult to get another national shot. Like now, see, my problem back then is I wanted any national chance. Yes. And that made it to where it'll be, it was going to be hard. Now it's hard for me to get a national chance because I got too much to give up. You know, now, like, I, I mean, ESPN this summer talked to me, like, wanted me to come right. and do ESPN News, yes. but, like, I couldn't I know. do it. I you know. know. I but know. anyway, I all right. So, your suit up. It cost $110. And <laughs> all afternoon to track down your landlord. And then drag through your closet and end up sending your fat suit anyway. Okay? <laughs> Look at She keeps looking at Maria, hoping I, she's she'll not, laugh. She's not even looking over. She keeps over. looking at Maria, hoping she'll laugh. But Maria like, knows who pays her Maria, bills. I'm like, Maria? And Maria knows not to laugh no, at I'm, Tony's and, jokes. And my head right now is going, where the hell were you on that Saturday? Okay? Because at this point. That's great. The only Again, the only reason I did that for Matt was because he's my friend. But I also, in in my head, mentally started rolling through the Rolodex. Who else could he his ask? His friends is going, who he's going to ask there, and who will do There it. are people I could have asked. They just don't live in Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Right? All the people All right, would be yes, like. All right. So, but anyway, yeah, so yeah. Did, did, did the TV show. And it has now succeeded even more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I pissed off. The folks here, here at the radio station. Yes. How pissed off were they? Oh, it was DEFCON 4. They were, they were upset. Everyone Did you think upset. I was going to get fired? No. No, I don't think it was going to get to that. I uh, thought there was a day I did. No. The day they pulled us off the air, I did. I mean, I thought that was such a bad decision. I was like, they would not make that decision unless they're going to let us go. But it turns out it was more just anger. Like, they didn't think it through. But, like, pulling us off the air in the middle of a tour when we have a tour stop? Yeah. Uh, it was certainly interrupted my life. Um, <laughs> and that's really all I'm concerned about anyway. Uh, but uh, certainly those three or four days were phone calls until uh, 8 o'clock and it at did, night, and 9 o'clock at it night. it didn't hurt my relationship with the U.K. Meaning, oh, we thought that was happening, though. But it didn't. But, see, the thing was it didn't hurt it with, with the people at U.K. that matter to me, mm-hmm. which is Dwayne Peavy, John Calipari. Like, those are the two most m- most important to me. Mm-hmm. And then to a secondary level, uh, Mitch Barnhart, and I know Mark Stoops some. It made the media people mad at me, the JMI people. Mm-hmm. But they don't work at UK. So, like, you, you can't tell Cal what to do. Right? Cal's like me. Uh-huh. You can't tell him what to do. So they can tell him all he wants. Cal don't go on KSR. He'll go on there if he wants. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to do what he wants. Right. 
And that's something I knew that you all didn't think necessarily. And again, I, I don't think – I think it was all blown out of proportion. I, I think uh, that people were upset. We all knew we were going to get through it. It's just trying to get through it with, with as little pain as possible. So we got through it, and then I missed doing this because this is, I think, even just in the first five minutes here, this is like where you can be the most honest. Who? Everyone, like you too. I I'm think I, I think you you pull you bring a side of yourself and out of this that's different than your normal. Stuff. No, because we you and I don't get time to talk anymore. I mean, we're always running around and stuff. So now, yeah, well, I'm not in Louisville. You and I, as much. You and I catch up on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me talk. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what's happened since the last time we did one. Yeah. Uh, since the last time we did one, I think there are probably three major things that have happened that you and I like to talk about. That we haven't talked about the football season, mm-hmm. the UK Louisville basketball game, mm-hmm. and the election. Right. So oh. let's start with the football season. Yes. Um, do you think that the football season for Louisville, since you're a Louisville guy, is was it a successful one? Yeah. All things considered. Yeah, I gave them a C plus. Well, that's not successful. A C plus is that's passing. Yeah, but not for people who want to excel. Uh, it was it was a disappointing end of the season. There's no doubt about it. Losing to Kentucky, uh, twenty six point favorite. I, it's not as, as disappointing if it was like a two point. If you're a, a touchdown favorite or less, you is know, it the you're second? Like, okay. I think it's the second most disappointing loss you've ever had behind the Rutgers game. Because the Rutgers game, you all could have been the national title game. I think it took the air out of the season, and that's what you got in the bowl game. But would you agree it was second most that you can think of? Yeah, right off the top of my head, it's it's pretty disappointing. The fan base was done. They were just like, what just happened? Did you see it coming at all? I, I did if they were um, – uh, I think Kentucky, they, they turned it around so much, I thought they were just done. I just thought – I thought that Stoops was done. I thought that you – you know, the key was finding a quarterback and you end up doing that. Uh, but you were winning in weird ways. It wasn't like you were dominating your games. Yeah. But you were winning and you were that awful side of the SEC East. And I was like, but they are running the ball well. But the two previous years, Louisville's down 14. Louisville's down mm-hmm. 21, and I was like, it's kind of a weird ending to the season. And But, nah. I mean, it was kind of amazing in hindsight that you all were a 26-point favorite. That was way too many. It was way too many points, uh, and, but that will go down in history as, as, as the number. Uh, and then things had to go So when way. during the game did you say, oh, we could lose this game? Uh, it was just the last couple drives. So you really thought you had it all? Oh yeah, I thought at some point. We'll See, win. I never thought the reason I never really thought we were going to win is because I just didn't think we could stop you all. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't think. Yes. I, I just didn't think at the end of the day, yes. you, you all were going to have a drive that you needed to hit, and you yes. were going to hit it. And 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 the reality is, we couldn't stop you all. He just fumbled the ball. I mean, that was that. That's if he doesn't fumble, you win. Uh, yeah, even if you kick a field goal there, you go into overtime or whatever. Yeah, you kick you, a field goal, you're yeah. forcing us to score a touchdown. Yes, yes. And we probably press well, at that and then, point. And then we, statistically we think we have a really great defense, and we, and you started the drive on the nine-yard line <coughs> or eight-yard yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. So, look. Your not defense. On, not on the offense. It's all on the I mean, well, the it's fumbles all on the bad. defense. Fumbles bad. For the Heisman sorry, winner. not on the defense. For the, for the Heisman winner, all you got to do is hold on the ball. And you win. Yeah. He's he's 19 years old and he's trying. He dropped the ball. Big deal. But it's, it's kind of funny. No, it's not. 
It's I not mean, funny it's kind of funny. It's funny for you. It's kind of funny because, like, it get, lets you do jokes like, oh, he's got the Heisman Trophy. Don't drop it. I know. You I know? know. I listened. I saw him at Qdoba the other day. Yeah? And I went to – I was like, don't drop your burrito. Oh, stop. No, I did not say did that. Not. I, would, I would never do you that. You did would, not. Yeah, I just – Well, he's a great kid. He's he seems a, like a good kid. He, do, he does. And, and, again, I don't – the part of my problem is is that I like the, the Kentucky players. always have. I, I, don't, I don't judge the kids at all. I mean, I can – I dislike some of the coaches sometimes, but uh, – um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I compared respect, to those nice Louisville coaches. And I said this. I said this. <laughs> I said this after the game. Yeah. I said football is the hardest sport. It's the most practice and it's the least played. Right? Yes. And these kids, the seniors on Kentucky's team, had, had gone a long way. Uh-huh. That's a long four years. The last four years, man. Yeah. It's a long haul. And to end their career on that day is 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 not 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 bad for them. At least if you know if Louisville's going to lose and whatever. You're acting like you're so uh, fine about it, but your fan base was uh, uh, apoplectic. Uh, they were uh, they were very upset. They were, and I think it drug into the bowl game because you saw where the, they didn't travel a lot. So where is the U of L fan base with the Bobby Petrino thing? Like, I mean, then you have Wakey Leaks come after, right? Is there is there scandal fatigue? I mean, I say that a lot, and like I know you still have the Captain Suntan crew of the world that Louisville does no wrong, but amongst average Louisville fans, is there some scandal fatigue? I think there was some mistakes done at the end of the year where um, it drug on on. There were. Um yeah, there were too many distractions. I'm going to call them distractions at this point. Uh, but it even, even I love watching when you have your balls. Even come up. even if <laughs> even if you consider the Heisman, the Heisman is a distraction, right? Uh, and okay. then the two players that were shot is a distraction. Right, wait, let me ask you about that. That 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 whole scenario, and it's tough because, like, if you're me and you're the guy that sort of rallies things on the other side, mm-hmm. you you got to be real careful how you deal with that particular sure. thing. Because I mean, that was obviously a tremendously sad thing, right? But it's so weird to me the not talking about it. it, it why? I don't know because they usually get out of front of it pretty good, pretty well. But I mean, does it? But but it it implies negative behavior. See, this is the way, and I, we had this discussion. I don't know if it was you and I that had this discussion of you get in front of us by getting two um, uh, X and and the social uh, people that you know that make this a social issue, not a football issue. You get but I, here's say, what I here's, hey, look, this they has spilled over to our camp. There was a party that they were at that they got shot. Okay, now. I my first inclination when I heard that was not to blame them. No. Was not to say, I mean, like, you know, there are some people like maybe my grandmother who would say, what party were you doing at right, where this right. happens? And I understand that. But there also could be parties, you know, just getting shot does not make them guilty of no, anything. No, no, so no. I don't understand. Like, I would have thought they'd have come out and said, this is awful. Absolutely. Pray for Absolutely. our players. Yes. Yeah. Like, But the fact yeah. that they won't talk about it yes. makes you think something's wrong. Well, maybe there was an investigation part of it, and we don't know what's going on. And at that point, they want to let that information uh, settle But do they in. think it's going to go well, away? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, there might be information we don't know. Matt. Might be. I mean, you're I a lawyer. You that. know that there could be, well, we didn't want to but come But they've out. never been people worried about that no. in the past. Well, Again, to me, they should have came. Look, this isn't a fit football issue because in the back in the day, you'd say, "Oh, here's football players fighting." But then you just come and say, "Look, there's no difference between the the 
the the Christmas Day football game, right? That got everyone got yeah, shot. Yeah, got shot. Like yeah. just no difference between that situation, which was a family event. And nobody in the says about of the those. Morning. And nobody says about those people that got shot. What were they doing at that event? Right. No. You know. You know what I mean? Yes, like, like right. uh, that's so why you I don't attach that to all the rest of the social issues that you have. Yeah. And then you and it sort of goes away, and you're like, damn, we don't have Hearns for the game instead of what's going on. It's all right. So all that stuff, all that stuff happens. Which back to my, do you think there's with your fans any scandal? I think so. I think at. You know, absolutely. It would be with any any fan base. They're just like they would tired. They got tired of. And to tell you the truth, the WikiLeaks thing was, to me, in my personal opinion, blown out of proportion. It was, but 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 that was partially George's fault by that stupid statement he wrote. Uh, yes, there's no doubt that it, it, he made it worse. Uh, yeah, I think they, <laughs> they had no idea when I'm too, taking your, when that little piece of paper went out. What storm was going to fall? Well, he just, it was dumb. I mean, it like, was, Virginia Tech did the same thing, and no one brings them up because they handled it correctly. Uh, I was on the road. We were driving to Vegas during that whole thing. So yeah. we were listening to a ton of talk radio because we're in the car all right. the time. Right, yeah, sure. And it was all anybody was talking about was the jerks thing, and sure. people just could not believe that was his statement. Right. Yeah, it's it's he should. It's usually, Tom obviously is the smartest guy in the room. He always is the last one. Well, he's to not talk. in the room with me a lot. He's a lot. Stop. He's he's always the last one to say something about it because the smart guy is always, mm-hmm. you know, stop talking. That's the that's the idea. And I it think was uncharacteristically dumb for him. It was unchar. The whole issue is uncharacteristic. It's just stupid anyway. Of a radio guy that used to be a player, and he called <laughs> and said, "Here's the players they're working on. What is going on?" It's so stupid. And look, you're very worked up. Are you still taking body shapes? Oh, yes, I am. I look good, don't I? You do, but you're getting worked up. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Because I find it stupid. All right, it's it's this. They're going to run these plays. Well, great. Uh, When are they going to run these plays? Because that would be an advantage. When are they going to run these plays? So no, I I find it. I I think. So you don't think it's a big deal? I don't think. So you. So if you are the coordinator that gets the phone call about the plays, yeah. You use them? No, I don't even. I you tell your coach, hey, so and so said they're going to run these, but I'm telling you, it is a conversation. I, they might not. I swear to you, hand on a Bible, I they could have not even worked up a play to, to like work that into trap uh, or into practice. They could have said they're going to run what? Uh, okay, all right, let's just keep an eye on that. Are you, are you like are you are you like coming up with this due to your toy bowl coaching? Like, Listen, are, are, are do you know of what you speak? You, I will tell you this. <laughs> We are the only <laughs> class to go back-to-back toy bowls in the history the only of the Trinity. My goodness. So, yes. I, I, like, seriously. You, first of all, you didn't have to tell me. I keep the record book. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I know that you, <laughs> you – So, what about Mark Stoops? <laughs> Mark Stoops, uh, what, a, what a year, right? I mean, oh like, is Steven Johnson the best story to ever come to humanity? He's, he, he's <laughs> like, they, they brought humanity. <laughs> yes. Right after Christmas. Uh he uh, he he comes as the extra, right? Mm-hmm. He's the extra. He's the oh, we'll also add another quarterback, yeah. and end up saving his job. I mean, it's awesome. Do you feel good? Like it I, makes you feel good inside. I it? did. I did hate that when he looked up in the crowd, and was like, "I love this blank," and then throws that giant. See that 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 is. Top. I, I'm like, damn the, it! That's one of those like awesome moments. That's like a movie. Yeah, I mean that is no. You're exactly right. That is like a movie, but it also shows you what the dude's about, right? Like, I mean, he he came ready to play. He's a dude none of us knew. Like, none of us knew anything about him. Louisville went right down the field, scored and scored, and we said this game is going to get out of control quick. And then, damn it! How do you let somebody over the top on the well, first play? Well, to be fair, you can't really expect P. 
people to stop Jeff Bidet. <laughs> is this the the new norm bowl game? Is that the new norm, or take a step? I think back? it has to be. I mean, I think you. To me, success of UK football is always win six games. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that's, that's the success. That's the bowl game was fun. I think fans loved it. Uh, it got people energized. I know they lost, but. Yeah, I think they'll be – here's the thing. Next year, they'll be better than they are this year. They'll have a similar record, and they'll go to a worse bowl because we got fortunate. We went to a bowl that was better than we were. What running backs did you lose? Just boom. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you could be good for you. Oh, they'll be – I think they'll be better. I think next year they'll finish 7-5 and five again probably, maybe 8-4. and four. But they'll actually go to a worse bowl because Mitch Barnhart did a good job of getting them into a great bowl game, even though they really didn't – like, I mean, they went to a better bowl game, Tony – than Tennessee, Georgia, and Auburn. Uh, how or long, not Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, and Arkansas. How long did Bear Bryant coach at Kentucky? Like eight seasons? Uh, yeah, yes. Seven or eight, all right? Now, sure. look, okay, I, I bring this up for a reason. He coached at UK, I think, seven or eight seasons. He averaged seven or eight wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that, to me, is the ceiling for Kentucky football. Well, I mean, you know my opinion on this. Yes. And, and everybody disagrees with me, uh, and that's fine. the but greatest football coach of all time averages seven wins at Kentucky – that's probably your ceiling. Yeah, I mean, look, you know my. I, I know. I think I think Kentucky football, the goal should be win six or seven every year, and then every fourth or fifth year have a magical run nine, to nine eight or, or nine, nine or yeah, ten. Nine or yeah, ten. I mean that's that to me is the Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That's what success uh, looks like. All right, let's switch gears to basketball. Um, Kentucky's really good. Louisville is, yeah. <laughs> but Louisville beat us. Yes. Yeah, what did you think of that? Oh, Lord, we needed that one, right? <laughs> uh, it was uh, – I thought it was an awesome – usually this game is not fun to watch. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Usually – well, yeah, it was awesome to watch. It was only fun because you won. It was still a bad no, game. No, 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 no. I'm talking about basketball. Whether you can't wasn't a good game. Fan, usually the game, the dream game, is awful to watch. It's either too physical or no one's hitting their shots or it's just an ugly game. It was an ugly game. No, we, it wasn't. we did not play well. It was an awesome game. No, you, just because you had the one game in eternity that Quentin Snyder became a, like played well does not mean it was a good game. You're just mad because he broke some ankles. I went to Kentucky, Carolina. That was a good game. A hundred and six, you played some defense in that game. 103 to 100. Uh, and that was the perfect game to play before us. Yes. Yes, it was, especially because it was on the other side of the country. You all did need it. I thought you deserved to win. I don't really know how you won because I still think you all suck. But No, Louisville does not suck, and you know that. They're but, I mean, they suck team. relatively. They're a good team. They're not a great team. Exactly. But compared how many to, great teams are there? Well, this year there's probably five or six of them. I mean, this is a year where there's a lot of really good basketball teams, and Louisville's not one of them. And I was just surprised that I, I thought – I just – it was in Louisville that helped. But, look, it, the game played out exactly as I thought it would with one exception. I thought if Kentucky played well, we'd win by 15. If Kentucky played poorly – They'd still win because I thought Adele and Johnson would hurt us, and they did. But I didn't foresee Quentin Snyder getting 22. And that's no. why you won. You won because I didn't foresee De'Aaron Fox giving yes. Quentin Snyder 22 well, you, We won because you didn't see something. That's exactly right. That's why Louisville won is you didn't see Quentin. I didn't, the reason you won is because I didn't see. I, the overseer of all of basketball in the world, of Kentucky and the rest of the world, didn't see Quentin Snyder. Now look, Quentin Snyder, and here's the – 
here's, here's the unusual thing is Quentin. It's like it's all I got to do these podcasts with you more because my lord, someone needs to lasso you and bring you down to planet Earth every once in a while. Here, Quentin Snyder, and he's the worst looking athlete too. He's like the least athletic guy on the court, yeah. but he was the best that day. And I did, I did not foresee and, him. Well, you won because <laughs> I did not foresee Quentin forswear as an I forswear. Now, after the game, John Calipari, I mean, I think we could say what a class act, right? I mean, like, <laughs> after the game, he does the press conference. Yeah. Like, he praises the team. Yeah. He talks about uh, what a great what a great game it was. I mean, that's how you handle defeat, right? Yeah, he, he, he did. I thought he was doing – he was going overboard. <laughs> oh, no, I think he because was. Because he wanted to rub it in. I, you, there is he no doubt in my mind yes. he was overly nice because yes. of what a goober yes. Rick was the year before. I, I agree. You've got to act like you've got some sense after a loss. I mean, I, I do not disagree with that whatsoever. And he – I thought he was – when I was watching it, I was like, look at him. <laughs> Soaking it up. Giving praise, it was it was smiling. Well, I mean, I think the way to, the the word to use was class. It was just class. Oh, he was just a classy coach, and that's really what you expect from your state spokesman. Well, they are they new friends. They're but they're buddies now. Well, now that but gets the friends. other question. They're friends. What do you make of the podcast? I mean, you and I do podcasts. Yeah. What do you make? That's coming out Thursday. I hear. Dun dun dun. What do we think of the Rick Cap? Uh, I think it's going to be weird. Some people think it's going to be um, awesomely boring. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be awkwardly boring. Awkwardly boring might be it. Um, but because neither one of these guys say or do anything in their press conferences that aren't uh, – there's some sort of underlying message. They're like politicians. When they give a speech, they drive an underlying – they want to push something hard on whatever they're talking about that day. And it happens so quickly, I'm not sure if they just said, let's get through this. Okay, so if, if – you and I talked on the show. What I heard happened is that Cal brought this up to his people. Let's bring Rick. And they said, no. Right. And Cal goes, just like me. Cal goes, then yes. Then yes. And he texted him on his own. Cal does not book his own guest. Yes. He booked this guest. Texted Rick, said, you in. Rick said yes, and they did it that afternoon. So do you think that makes it like what? More interesting <sighs> Knowing that that's how it, it, it came to be. Did it? Why is it another week? I thought you were going to get it last week. No, because, Do you think they you know, rethought it and re-recorded no, it? No, 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 no. I, I, I think that Cal's done, as a side note, he has like seven of these done because he doesn't want to be accused of doing podcasts in March. So, like, he needs to have these done way right, in advance okay. yeah. because he wants to release them but not have people saying he's being distracted. So, what we're going to think is it's just weird. It's like two people acting like they like each other and laughing. I don't think laughing. they were going to release this until the end of February. And then everybody was like, dude, you can't wait that no, long. No, we can't wait that long. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be overly butt-kissing. Like, I think it's going to be a lot of, I don't know how you're able to coach – all these one and dones, Cal. I mean, it's amazing. And then I'm gonna hear me like, I don't know how you get such talent out of guys that right. are well, like that's what it's gonna be. Yes, and I think the five or ten percent of each side, just like in politics, is gonna absolutely hate it. Just hate it. Why are you talking to him? 
They still hate each other, though. Like, we can all take solace in the fact that they still despise each other. Like, when they hang up, they go, douchebag. Oh, yes. Of course they do. <laughs> I mean, they, it, I'm confident. Okay. I'm confident in saying there's no one in my life. All I, right. I was going to ask you that question. There's no one in my life I dislike. As much as Cal and Rick dislike Okay, each other. but there's no one in your that your work life that when you hang up the phone go, douchebag. I mean, there are to. people that frustrate me all the time, and, and you know that. But then – but I there's – people who listen to the radio show know I, I don't hate anybody. I really don't. I just have decided – certainly not anyone I know. Maybe in theory there See, are people you I first hate. have to care about someone to hate them. Yeah, and when you hate somebody, you're just hurting yourself. Like you just like you're sitting there letting this goober bother you, right? <laughs> so like I get frustrated. Goober, goober is an important word. It there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that sort of qualify as goobers, right? And, but Rick and Cal, though, th- they do have something that I don't have to deal with. They have the other one is in their face in everything they do. Yes, uh, they are tied to e- each other forever. Yeah, uh, and especially now that they've taken these two jobs, they they are tied together forever. But again, they all are sort of laughing at all of us because these are two of the three or four guys that are making six million dollars. Do you or think more Rick Pitino is a happy dude? Like, I think Cal is happy. I think Cal is a happy person. I don't know if you can have those jobs and can and be completely. Uh, happy. But see, I think I think Cal is happy. I think Cal has has created a world for himself. You don't think it doesn't get old that you've got to go talk to these seventeen year olds and beg them to come? No, because I think you. he likes it. You think he likes that? I think I think that's something he really enjoys because he does more of it than he needs to. I think he genuinely enjoys that. I don't think like he doesn't he doesn't like going to the AAU games, which like, but he likes going in the houses and talking. To I think there are rewarding experiences where you walk into the room and the kid is sort of all in and he's ready to go. He, but there are also the douchebag uh, at, uh, meetings to where but the he mom's asking for this. But you know what? He doesn't deal with that stuff. I, well, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, I could give you people. I mean, if I ever write the tell-all book of some of the stuff I know. I can tell you of people that have sort of done that, and he just says, you know what, forget it. He's taken the cesspool out of the cesspool? No, I'm not saying it's not – I'm not – look, I'm not saying that there aren't – he doesn't have to do stuff he doesn't like, okay? But I'm saying to you, Calipari, when Calipari says – you hear him do that whole thing about generational poverty and all that stuff. You were ready. Yeah, yeah. He means all that. I, that. That is the stuff he cares I, about the most. I understand that, but the if you there's no one disputes – that the highest level of recruiting and AAU basketball is riddled with cesspool. And I think he has gotten himself to a point he doesn't have to do that stuff anymore. I'm not saying he did it before or not. I don't know. I didn't follow him at Memphis. But so I, you're saying Calipari Let me give you an example. In, wait. So Calipari jumps into the lake of crap and crap doesn't I, stick to I, I'm him. I'm saying to you, I think Calipari can come in at the last minute and take whoever he wants. Pretty much. Now, there's some guys that's not true about. But, but think about who Cal recruits. This is the reality. Cal is not recruiting against the cesspool programs. He's only recruiting against Duke and Kansas. Like when he wants a guy, the only guy, the only time he's ever going to lose is maybe to Duke, maybe to Kansas. So he is in not so much a recruiting battle. He's mano a mano with Coach K. Like it's just like a back and forth intellectual thing with Coach K. When he goes after guys Duke doesn't want, he gets 90% of them. So so think about – let me give you two examples from this year. Quade Green, 
and Hamadou Diallo. Kwadi Green was recruited by Syracuse and other schools for two and a half years. In like October, Cal goes, yeah, I think I want Kwadi Green. And three weeks later, he commits. Hamadou Diallo has been planning to go to UConn for three and a half years. And Cal goes, I think we want Hamadou Diallo. And then Saturday he commits. So you're saying a guy that is at a place where it, 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 uh, it is unlike to coach in a pressure cooker. It's, it's probably Ohio State football, Alabama football. And instead of getting worse, it's gotten better for him? I think he has it now rolling. He had it rolling. Are you kidding yourself or do you believe this? I believe this. I believe this. I think he – listen, he sits down every year and he writes down with his staff. They go to the summer stuff and they write down ten guys they want. And they assume we will get six of these ten, five of these ten, right? Right. Almost always the class comes from that 10. Occasionally, like a couple years ago, Jamal Murray popped up. But generally speaking, it comes from that 10. He looks at that in class and goes, okay, I got to do very little and I get these two. They're they're begging me, right? right? These two I'm going to have to fight, these three with Duke for. And see, now Coach K is his. So he's like, bring it on. He wants that fight. And he wins some, he loses some of those too. And then he's got these five that he's like, let me see what happens with these Duke fights. If they're not going out I want, I'll go pick that kid up. And then he does. And I just don't think he has those battles that he did before. And before Duke started recruiting one and duns, Tony, he just got the first five he wanted. How many players does he go face-to-face with in a recruiting season, which is all year? How many recruits is he face-to-face for one individual class? Probably those ten. Probably so everyone on that 10 list. Ten one-on-one meetings with players. Yeah, well, some 10. of them he may see more than once. But right, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. I, but, but there's probably ten guys that he goes to their house. Right. If that's what you're asking. That's I mean, he asking. may talk to people more at camps, but he goes to their house for like ten of them. And here's the thing about Cal, and I, I know what I'm talking about on this. It when he is sitting and reflecting with you, which he does with me sometimes, especially in the off season. He remembers the first time he saw Eric Bledsoe. Like, he will sit there and tell you the first time he saw where Eric Bledsoe grew up. And, like, I think he feels his biggest value is, I saw Eric then, here is Eric now. Now, I know a lot of people don't like him, roll their eyes like, you didn't do that. But in his mind, he played a role in that, and that's important to him. Uh, I think the Eric Bledsoe story is is a good story, and I, I always talk about the Bledsoe story of how mad we used to get because get on the radio because he you know he fudged up a, a math uh, class and how insignificant that seems now of to say hey okay so the kid needed I mean, he grew up in a car he grew up in it without a house I, I you know I get it I get it and now the guy's got fourteen houses. but I think he also now, now look there are people who say Cal if you didn't have John Wall he'd still be John Wall and there's some truth to that. But I think Cal remembers. So when you asked, does he like those visits? I think he likes getting the memory so that when they become what they become, he remembers what they were then. Okay, so the the podcast I think will be weird, and you think it's going to be boring, boring. boring, awkwardly boring, boring. And then real quick, the the deadlift. Are, are, are you? Are, wait, wait, first of all, I've got oh twelve I we more were minutes. Out of time. 
I thought you were running out. I'm of time. running this. The, you're, this is not your show, Dave Jennings. Okay, I, it's, do you have somewhere to be? You were already late. I'm, listen, I'm the sports director. I have to direct sports. Have you noticed here. how often he brings up sports director? Like, do, do you go? Do you like get go at home? The only person and you like to ch- change clothes and put on your sports director tidy whities <laughs> and just stand in front of the mirror and flex and go, yeah, daddy, sports director now. Dude, uh, I get so the least. A respect I get in this whole world is at home. Trust me on that. And I haven't worn tidy whities since I was in seventh grade. But you, but you have a wonderful family who you won't introduce me to. Uh, they know you, <laughs> not they because of you. you. Well, you're Mister Big Time now. You don't. You're. Always it would be traveling. nice to be invited over to have a family dinner. Sometime. Oh, you're right. I know. You should. You should come over, and well, you won't come. I, w- I would come. You if would you, not. If you, I, you know, I would. If I your would mom come. comes in town, we'll have you. Why both does over. my mom? Have to because be there. I like her better than I like you. <laughs> okay, um, presidential election. Yes, you and I over the course of, of that year, you would say to me at various points, "Well, there's no way he can win, right? right?" And I would go, "There was only one time that I answered to you. Yes, I think he can, and that yep. was in the summer. But then after the grab him by the thing yes. came out, I thought, no, there's no way he can win. On election night." How surprised were you? I was driving home, and I almost went on the air right before I went off the air because I started to get a feeling that she was going to win in a landslide. Like, I was starting to get, America's going to speak tonight, yeah, and they're going to remind everybody it's okay. Uh, and then I was listening to that Mary on 840, Mary, whatever, Mary, Mary, okay, Mary, quite Mary, contrary, whatever her name is. <laughs> and she's talking about how they're going to win tonight. And here's the states are going to win. And I'm, Who's and I'm they? is she a Trump person? Yeah. Okay. So I'm picking up the phone. It's on HS. What do you think is going <laughs> to, so I'm picking up the phone and I'm dialing the hotline number. Cause I'm getting on the air with her. You're going to yell I'm at gonna her. Say, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know what? You're going to lose. It's the, it's the Tom. It's a, you're going to lose and you're going to lose big. All right. <laughs> It's going to be embarrassing, That's and funny. I'll be in bed at 9.30. But what I do, I said, no, no, I hung up. I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do Smart. it. Smart. And I got home, and my kids, 11 and 13, we've made popcorn. John, We're all in the room, and everyone's eating popcorn, and we're starting to watch the re- returns because the kids got in. They started watching mm-hmm. this, and they were like, this person can't win, right? And by 9.30. You knew it. Oh, I knew it was over yeah, before that. I looked at Jackie, and I said, He's going to win. My daughter started bawling. She started crying. <laughs> and then Jackie in the morning literally was screaming and throwing pots and pans around the kitchen. And I had to say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. We're going to See, you fine. know, I knew. I, I, I studied the numbers on this thing. My, my mom makes fun of me because I used to say, like, I've read so many things. I mean, I studied this election from a number standpoint as much as you could study it. And most of those numbers, not all, but most of them ended up being wrong. But what was clear, what Nate Silver said for a long time, and he was right about this, is he thought Clinton was going to win. But he kept saying, this can go the other way. It needs a perfect storm, but it can go the other way. And you got it. And you got it. And the thing was, it was clear early that it was there. Yep. Like, for me, I was at Gabe's thing. You know, my buddy Gabe. Yep. He won the election, but they first told him he lost. Right. Did you know that story? No, I did not. We, I went to go. He ran for judge in, 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 uh, in, <laughs> in Barron County. Right. No, no. I, he went and gave a concession speech. I went with him. Like, he and I and the turkey hunter, we went down to the TV station in Glasgow. He gave his concession speech. We went to the supposed-to-be victory party. It was a sad party. And there, I'm sitting there watching poor Gabe having to entertain these people, and he's, like, about to cry. Right. His wife is crying. And I get on the phone at, like, 8.05. 
and I start seeing the Florida panhandle numbers. Yes. And I said to the turkey hunter, I said, he's going to win. And he, she was, he was like, oh, come on. Even if he wins Florida, I was like, no. There's a certain segment of America. Yes. That we, has always, there's a rural Democrat that has voted Democrat forever. And they exist in about 10 states. All right. Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, some in Kentucky. And they're all going for Trump. And if you go back, if you look at the final numbers, he didn't win because of the people at the rallies. No. He, he didn't win because people didn't show up for her. He won because in areas in rural Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, they voted for Obama and they switched and voted for Trump. Yes. And, and the fascinating thing would be I still don't know – what those people were thinking because yes. they uh, they interview the people at the rallies most of those people didn't like democrats ever you know they if you're if you're chanting locker up about hillary you didn't vote for obama <laughs> you know what i'm saying but there were this group of people that voted for obama that flipped to trump I and that's not, why he yes won. yes and and they called it the the angry white guy voted for obama because bush put him out of business and in 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 08 and 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 it's the same so they're like what was the difference no it's the same person the same person that voted for obama voted for trump and people can't understand and there and, and and if you look at the maps there are people who have done this there's yes. some great research on it there are literally a handful of counties yes. where it happened. Yes. Like Wisconsin and Michigan, a handful of counties. Western Pennsylvania, a handful of counties. What? And if those counties, it's just like 10. If they go differently, yes. it's different results. Because in the beginning also, there was conversations. There were people in this building that were like, God, I hate the guy too, but I'm not voting for her. And I think and that was another. Su- and then all of a sudden they started to go, well, here he could do this I think for that, us. I think that and was, I was like, what? I think that was the, the other thing. I, I think she's the only dude he could have beat. I mean, she, she was very unlikable. She had this thing of scandal around her. And look, I'm a Democrat. She was making some poor decisions. I'm a Democrat, and I don't particularly like her. No, like, like was, you, couldn't, she, you couldn't. She was not. She's not Bill. She was not someone unless she was not she was someone that was hard for people to rally around. And the only people that could rally around her were people that vote Democrat anyway. I was looking past her and, and looking at Bill the whole time. I was like, he's gonna be back in the White House. He's gonna be back in the White House. She made poor decisions. All with right, so everything. do you do you think he'll be successful? No, I, I think I don't. I, I will support him because he's the president of the United what States. What does that mean though? When people say they'll support him, I don't know. I'm not going to rally against him or rail on him or tweet or whatever. <laughs> you're not gonna tweet. I'm not gonna tweet against that, him boy, or whatever. You're gonna take a stand and not tweet. I'm not tweeting. No tweet. But seriously, what can I do? <laughs> there's nothing you can do. Yeah, right. There's nothing I can do. I want him to succeed, but I think it's very important to figure out what does that mean? But he's already pissing people off. He's already <laughs> with the with the whole. I, I looked at Dave yesterday and I said because he was just like, oh yeah, be like the last president that goes on uh, talk shows. That's appropriate. I said he called people stupid on a tweet. <laughs> I was like, in the meeting we were in yesterday, Dave, if you had disagreed with me on my point and said, well, if anybody believes that, they're stupid, we would all laugh at you. The president of the United States or soon to be is tweeting that to people that don't agree with him. I don't. I think it's the train wreck is going to be um, slow, long, and it's. I think it's going to be tough for everybody involved. I think it's tough for like your the Republicans. Like, what do they do? Because a lot of things he believes they don't believe. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, so like, like he like let's say he wants to put tariffs 
on uh, businesses. Right. Yes. That is a hundred percent against Republican beliefs. <laughs> yes, yes. As a matter of fact, that's like yes. a communist belief. Yeah, yes. And what's been fascinating to me is there's a lot of people, maybe some listening to this, who would say to themselves, they are conservative to the core. Screw liberals, screw Democrats. Right. Yeah. And they will sit there and argue that tariffs are good. And I want I want to go, you understand, like that was the stuff that Walter Mondale believed against Ronald Reagan. And there are there are some things like he is so he has some people so wrapped around him that they'll believe anything he says. But now, when he tries to make them law, is Mitch McConnell, who his entire life has been free trade, going to bend to him on that? I think he's going to get what he wants for a very short period of time, and I think he better do it uh, do it now. What happens? Do you think when they uh, get rid of Obamacare? Uh, how are you going to do that? Some parts you can't do that, right? I mean, you can't. I mean, they can. It'll be a disaster if they do it because uh, they've got to have a replacement. I mean, Rand Paul said that the other day. they got to have a replacement. Premium, premium, if you don't have a replacement when they get rid of it, then you're just asking for chaos. It, premiums went up. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know how you fix it. All I know is that it is almost as much as my house payment for health care for my family. So it's it's out of control. You got to – I don't know how to – and look, there's – You don't have health care through this? I do. What are you talking about? The yeah. deductible and the premium is insane. Yeah, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. You know how much I've paid for health insurance for a long well, time. I mean, mine goes back to the, uh, you know, once I had a seizure. Oh, that was it. That oh, was I guarantee it. I mean, that was it. Like, yeah. my health care. And, I, I mean, I was an independent contractor forever. So I was buying it just like out on the free With market. Cobra or something like that? Were you, was that? No, no. I mean, you had to buy Well, you get that for like six months after you leave somewhere. So I had Cobra for six months. But, like, if you don't work, I mean, we're all spoiled to some extent. Okay, so people's premiums went up that had jobs, but if you're somebody like me for a while, when I had to just go out on the open market and buy health insurance yeah. with a pre-existing condition, yes. I mean, come on. Well, when I, when I started uh, in radio, Diamond John Odding, the owner of the company, paid all of it. I never had – when I moved to Clear Channel – His name was what? Diamond John Odding. Why was he named Diamond. Because he wore diamonds and and he was uh, that's so who they he call was. you green sweater had, Tony Benetti. He had a he always had a nine thousand dollars suit on with a row like a carnation and he uh, he was Diamond John. All right, uh, Earl. Uh, Earl's waiting for oh, me. Oh man, we can't wait. I can't, can't make, make Earl. Earl I can't wait. make Earl wait. So oh. I'm gonna finish this podcast. Oh, he's giving you the eye too. Earl, I'm finishing the podcast. Earl, I'll be there in two minutes. Two minutes. Two, minute and a half. Vistaprint.com. Three minutes, he can wait. Vistaprint.com, 500 <laughs> business cards, $9.99. Oh, Customize the text, the colors, the backsides, and more. They guarantee you'll love the products every time or they'll make it right. The promo code is Matt. Matt. What What would you use your business cards for? I, I would, I would. again, I want to go, never mind. I got a story for that. I was going to say something dirty, but we're on the air right now. We're talking about we're talking about business cards. What, what could you possibly have thought dirty about business cards? Well, I was going to put something dirty on my business. Okay, card. well, five hundred of them, nine ninety nine. <laughs> promo code Matt. If you like this podcast, support the podcast. The podcast. This podcast has a ton of listeners. Support the advertisers. We'll be able to do more of them. Five hundred business cards, nine ninety nine with Matt. Just put in Matt. Ten dollars get business cards. They can say Tony Vanetti, you know, butt pirate, whatever it is. Just oh, five hundred, five hundred business Seriously? cards. Seriously, I don't even know what butt pirate. I don't even know why this is hell. This is really mature. I got mad yesterday, by the way, at Adam Edlin. He and I were talking about something. What'd you get mad at Adam Edlin? We were talking about a political thing, and he goes, "Look, Matt, life can't all be fart jokes." And I was like, "Is that what you think of me?" I was like, you just think I just walk around? And he was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It made me mad. 
But then again, the next podcast, I say butt pocket. Life, so, life is fart jokes. Sorry. 500 business cards, nine ninety nine. promo code MATT. Go to vistaprint.com. Tony, it's a pleasure. I don't, miss you. Don't, I miss you, too. Do not do the deadlift thing with uh, Shannon the Dude. He'll win. He's already done it. You did it with him yesterday, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He had 315 pounds. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat him, but I'm gonna no, beat him. By, I'm gonna beat him by not lifting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later. Right, Thursday, Bomani Joe. Go see Earl. All right. Send lawyers, guns, and money.